Hey, Philip. I'm so happy hey, to have you on um, and to connect um, during these crazy, crazy times that we're in. And I so need your Scorpio energy. <laughs> well, and, uh, thank you. And crazy times indeed. And if only people responded to the Scorpio energy, it wouldn't be as crazy, would it? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's just more transformation going on, right? And more, um, more attention to the shadow, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so, and, you know, also as you look at the things that are going on, I mean, some of the, some of the transits with, with Eris, you know, Eris who always wanted to be included and was mad as hell when she was excluded, um, they, they, they are politically, you know, it's politically important, uh, you know, I've been watching both of the conventions diligently, and last week, uh, one of the commentators that I was watching said, you know, it's like they're trying to tell us that the sun rises in the west. And that's exactly the myth of Eris. Uh, Jupiter dispatched her to go ahead and to cause the sun to rise in the west for one day to go ahead and right a political wrong. So Eris is certainly out there. And, you know, we have the outsiders, which is Eris. And everybody wants to feel included, which is yep. Eris. And everybody wants to be a, a cranky son of a gun, which is Eris <laughs> conjunct Uranus. Oh, yeah, yeah, the inconjunct, right? Well, the, also the inconjunct uh, no, with Mars. No, they're conjunct. Eris and Uranus are conjunct right now. No, no, I mean in the inconjunct with Mars, rather. Oh, yes, yes, in conjunct with Mars, yes. And thus, you know, all of the, all of the discord and the, and the unrest that happens every day with, uh, you know, the crazy violence, that should start to mitigate a little bit when, you know, Mars inches into Sagittarius. Yeah. However, I, mm -hmm. I do think that as... Uh, Jupiter leaves Virgo and goes into the early part of Libra, I think we're going to see a, a huge thematic shift to the energy. And I, and I think it's going to clean up a little bit because I am finding that uh, with Jupiter and Virgo, there's a lot of picky, nasty stuff that's going on. And I think that what will happen at that point is from our collective point of view, we're going to realize, you know, we can't just be twittering garbage to each other and expect the world to evolve. And, and we certainly, you know, can't be disengaged from people who don't have diplomatic skills. I mean, you know, Jupiter's going to be going into Libra, for goodness sakes. We've got we've to learn how to get along. Yes, that's right. I love it. I love it. We just dived right in. It's like, it's awesome. Right, oh, was right. I supposed to do like a, like a lead-up of some sort? No, no, of course not. <laughs> lead-up, no. We just go right, right for the jugular. Always, that's and, right. You know, just go right for the depths, and um, I love it. Like we just went right into like, okay, let's just talk about what's happening. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just I didn't give give you a proper intro, was all, but I'm. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you can do that whenever you feel like okay. it. Uh, but why do we have to oh, go in order? Way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the way, this is Philip Cedric, and he he's an amazing astrologer who. Um, but everybody knows they'll know your name anyway. But you know, skyscraper skyscraping is um, yeah. your website, and it's. Well, think, actually, skyscraping is my easing on my website, which oh. is which is my name, philipcedric.com. That's and right. actually, um, uh, astrologer Evelyn Roberts is the reason I have my own name as my website, because I was going to go, like, you know, the cosmic guy, galactic center dude, and she said, nobody's going to know who the hell you are, you should say, what's wrong with you, don't you understand branding? Right, I and, get it. And so Evelyn said, nope, do your own name. So I have my own name, but then I changed the name of my easing to skyscraping. Ah, you know, okay. it's better than groundbreaking. 
breaking. Yes, yes. I love it. Okay, that makes sense. I know, yeah, because it's true. Then people know where to find you. It's much easier because they know your name and then they can, and then you can have the subdivision with your newsletter. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, perfect. And also, I mean, maybe you want to just tell a little bit about, like, I think what's so amazing about you, other than obviously what you just demonstrated by being able to go right into the heart of what's happening and, and talk about it in a way that's both accessible but also very deep and funny, like with your humor, which is what I love so much. But also you have this, I mean, you, you're really like the master on all of the, um, the, the most out-of-bound planets. I don't know what you call them, all of the... Um, well, the, the Kuiper Belt objects. The Kuiper Belt and, objects, thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and, and the whole thing that's happened to our solar system as a result. I mean, Eris came along uh, back in 2003, and uh, she was the one who got, who got Pluto demoted. And actually, the astronomer Mike Brown, who did that, is actually a pretty cool guy. He understands astrology. We went to hear him speak at the University of Arizona a few years ago, and he said Eris almost made him a believer in astrology. Because out of all of the mythic names that have been taken for asteroids, and I mean, now we have asteroids named Joe and Smith. There's nothing against Joe Smith. He's a really good guy. But, but you know, the names are gone. But Eris was still there. And he's like, how could this thing still be there? Well, because she's such a bitch, nobody wanted to assign her to oh, anything. Yeah. It's like, I'm not putting her on my discovery. That'll make me look bad. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I work with those, and, uh, and I, I try to stay in touch with Mike Brown. I mean, astrologers have to have good relationships with astronomers, and we also need to know what is happening astronomically. I am stunned that astrologers more do not use Eris. Eris is more massive than Pluto, approximately the same size. If you're going to say Pluto's a planet, you've got to say Eris is a planet. Yeah. And she's the goddess of discord. Oh, and yeah. she gets royally pissed off when people ignore her. So how can you, <laughs> as an astrologer, ignore this archetype? Don't you know she's going to crawl up, sneak up on you and set up camp and Oh, woe be unto you then. Don't come to me for a reading then, no siree. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone's in doubt, I mean, just look at the state of the world over the last few months. With, exactly. with Eris, like, totally in, you know, the driver's well, seat. Well, yeah. She loved mayhem. She loved the groans of the dying on the battlefield. Yeah. I mean, you know, she lusted for blood. And, oh, by the way, um, the TV show Dexter started two weeks after Eris got her name. Amazing. And that was one of the bloodiest thing shows the television ever had. Wow. So that was a, a manifestation of Paris. But, wow. But, yeah. but more, but more, astrology is fiction to change forever. Mike Brown said when he was here, and he's a Gemini, and he said, you should never speculate like I'm going to speculate, but I'm going to go ahead and speculate in this way. And he worked out a numeric astronomical sequence and said, there's a 1 in 60 chance there is a planet the size of Mars out there around Sedna. Mm. And a planet the size of Mars, that can't be ignored. And they now know approximately where it is. We just don't quite have the technology to find it. But we're in the same situation we were in right prior to the discovery of Neptune. Mm. Somebody's going to find this thing, and it's the size of Mars, they estimate, and they're probably pretty close on that. We're going to have a new planet out there. And then what are we going to do with all of our astrology books? Whoa. Good question. I know. 
That's why I put mine in PDF. I don't have to waste paper when I make changes. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, and that's the whole thing. I mean, no wonder, you know, and that might explain on an even deeper collective level why everything feels so, it's beyond a limbo state at this point. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying, oh, I feel like I'm in limbo. I, I feel like yep. we're in between lives. It's like a bardo state. We've been saying that for so long now that it's like, yeah. it's got to be called yep. something else. It, there's a collective uncertainty. Yeah. There's a collective uncertainty because we know something is creating influence, but we, we don't have definition for it yet. Mm. I mean, they probably, they probably at this point know it's North Node. Um, and at least with that, we could determine a mission statement. I, I've been kind of waiting a little while longer to bug them to kind of let the last buzz of the announcement settle out a bit. But I, I do intend to contact Mike because he's been he's been terrific in responding to my emails, and and he, and he's just a good guy. And you know, I, I actually approached him and said, you know, we need to we need to get on camera, drink a few beers, and both of us talk about why naming things astronomically is important for society. And he said, I'd love to, but I won't have a job if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a couple of decades. So, right, uh, and, and, uh, a video with Mike Brown is on my bucket list. But regardless, there's this planet out there, and it is creating influence. And we, mm. you know, we're sensing that kind of unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's leading up to in 2020. There's one of the most significant astronomical astrological patterns I've seen in forever. We're going to have Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto essentially conjunct in Capricorn. And I believe yep. in the fall we'll have Mars there too. Mm -hmm. And it will all be they will all be square Eris. And this is this is like a, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, feeling disenfranchised and, you know, everybody's got their little, you know, my life matters click. And yeah. oh you can't support this one. If you support this one you can't support that one. Which is which is entirely crazy and wrong. And, and I think that 2020 is the time frame when we're going to have to have some sort of galvanization of humankind. And also, I suspect that, you know, we've all been talking about, oh, the economic system's rigged. I think that'll be the time frame when it, it starts to unrig a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think it might make, I think it might take until, as far as Americans are concerned, yeah. it might take until just before the next election, about four years from now, where, where things really start to square away and we see that, you know, progress is being made. But that also means that everybody individually has to wake up before that and find themselves included as a, as a participating member of planet Earth. Oh, yeah. Wow, and I, <clears throat> and I just thought of the um, interesting synchronicity of us, two Scorpios, doing this podcast. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> our connection is, if you guys ever read Constellation Magazine, Philip and I used to write a column together called PSSS, which was about as Scorpio as you could get. <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> In terms of it being snarky and subversive. We scared a lot of people. I think so. <laughs> you know, in typical <laughs> but, fashion, but they either loved it or hated it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, but not in the way people are scaring people now. I mean, you know. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, you know, with Scorpionic, and, and, and when you're dealing with Scorpio energy, there's what it is, and then there's what it really is. Exactly. And we were dealing more with what it really is, and of course, when one deals with Pluto, one does not necessarily want that light shining on them, so they tend to project and reflect it, you know, to whatever 
else around is That's right. That's right. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now as well. And I, speaking of which, I was going to say the synchronicity is interesting that I think isn't Hillary Miss Scorpio getting her, isn't she officially getting the nomination like in an hour or so or any minute? Yes, she is. She is. And I've been sending her mojo all day. And, and Hillary is interesting because her chart, yeah, what do you think uh, about her sun sign when she was born, two degrees of Scorpio, mm-hmm. is aligned with this enormously huge thing in space called Shapley 8. And we don't really know what it is, but we know that you know, the, the Earth is steered by the sun, the sun is steered by the galactic center, our galaxy is steered by the super galaxy, uh, which is the two libra. Um, more mm. or less, and then that is steered by something at 14 degrees of Sagittarius, and that is steered by something at 2 degrees of Scorpio, and and so there's this uh, man-behind-a-curtain energy that kind of goes with it, and it's like, you know, Hillary Clinton, like it or not, has influenced a lot of your life in the last eight years by her involvement as Secretary of State, yep. you know, and, and the various things that happen. We have no idea. We have no idea what happened and what influence um, her participation has made. Similarly, Bill Gates has the same sun sign, two degrees of Scorpio. If you use Windows, your life is being steered by Bill Gates. Wow. And oh, by the way, they're probably in the back of your computer. <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> no wonder. No wonder the Skype wasn't working earlier. <laughs> yeah, no wonder. And, and you know, they, they have that thing about, well, you can backdoor a computer. Now, if that's not Scorpio, I don't know what is. Right. Exactly. Backdoors, dark alleys. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Backdoors, dark alleys, um, the underworld, and any form that it wants to take, even in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Although this world is becoming more like the underworld um, yeah. every day. Yeah, so and do you, what do you think about this discrepancy, whether she's a Gemini or a Leo rising? Oh, I think, well, you know, you could make a case. You could make a case, especially now, for either one. I mean, if you believe that she lies, there's a case for Gemini rising. Um, I don't, I'm I'm not of that particular persuasion, nor do I need to convince anybody of that. But I think that, I think that the way that she gets out there confidently and throws herself up against it, no matter what bullshit is going on in her life. Can I say that in your podcast? Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, you know, no matter what is happening, she gets up there and she presses against it. She's calm. She's centered. She breathes and she pushes out. And in order to do that, you'd, you'd have to have Leo. If she had That's a true. lot of Gemini, I think she'd get caught in explanation and justification and clever wording to go ahead. And, no, no, that's not what I said. What I said was, you know, and it, it's like she's not, you know, that depends on what your definition of it is. That, that's not her. She's like, no, this is, this is what we've done. And, and then, of course, she said, at this point, what difference does it make? And she wasn't referring to, as it's being claimed, that she had disregard for life. Um, what she was saying was, well, you know, what we need to do is learn why we didn't have proper security in Benghazi. And it was a money issue, as any good Scorpio will point out. Yes. And, um, and then we need to go on. So, you know, the, and, and so there's that. And her resistance to hammering, I think, is, is more Leo than... Gemini. Yes, yes. I agree. And she even looks wise, I feel, 
looks more yeah. like a Leo rising also, actually. Yeah. Now that I think and about it. it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to watch her hair and how her hair has evolved. That's kind of a Leo thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you well, go back to some of those pictures from the 70s, and it's like, yeah, it's okay. We were all ugly back then. Right, right. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, yeah, and how are you feeling? Like, in general, what are some of your um, feelings or reflections about everything going on with this election this year? Well, uh, you know, she and Trump are reasonably close in age. So some of the transits hmm. that they're having, they're having in almost mutual proximity. Um, they're both getting Jupiter influences at the same time. They're both getting Saturn influences at the same time. Now, I was taught that what you do, and I was taught this by a very excellent mundane astrologer, Joyce Wehrman. She was a horse racing gal. Hmm. And she said, it's the end of the race that counts. You know, if you want to know who wins the race, you look at the end of the race. Mm. So I look at the poll closing in Hawaii. Mm. That's the end of the race. So I look at that, and, you know, my standard thinking is the person who loses the election is going to have better transits because they get to walk away and go on vacation. <laughs> the person who has a heavy load of Saturn and probably Pluto you know, they're going to get, and here it comes, here's the dump. It's all on your shoulders now. Ah, so point. the heaviness that comes to them is like that would be, you know, somewhat seen. But since their birth years are, are so oh, right. close, you know, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to separate that. Now, here's the thing. Hillary has a very strong transit to Ixion in her chart at that time. Ixion was basically, well, he was a centaur. Uh, or he's a, a trans-Neptunian object. He was not a centaur. I take that back. But he was uh, he was a bad boy. He was betrothed, and and when he got the dowry from his beloved's father, he pushed him into a pit of fire, and everybody's like, the horror, the horror, punish him, kill him, stone him. And, and Jupiter came in, Zeus, and said, whoa, 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 chill. I'm taking him up to Mount Olympus. I'm going to have the healers work him over. He'll be fine. So he took him up to Mount Olympus, and when he got up there, um, you know, he decided that he wanted Hera, Jupiter's wife, and things went south. Um, but the point of that is, yeah. Ixion was, was given a second chance. A second chance. And so Hillary has a strong Ixion ah, aspect. Okay. This is her second chance to win it. Mm, mm. So I see, I see more favor for Hillary with a second chance. And just in terms of, like, all of the nonsense and the bullshit about polls and things along that line, yeah. um, it doesn't mean a thing until the middle of September when Jupiter goes into Libra. When Jupiter goes into Libra, Libra is not intrinsically peaceful. I, I do suspect that there will be some global confrontation that will require intelligence and thoughtfulness and extreme negotiating skill. Yes. To transact, and so in September, the, the the global diplomacy role is going to be huge and featured. So anything that happens while Jupiter is in the remaining degrees of Virgo, take up those poles and throw them away. They don't mean a thing. Nothing nothing can be even remotely indicated. That's interesting. Until Jupiter goes into Libra. That's very interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Plus, I'm a Nate Silver fan. Five thirty eight dot com. And he's already made his prediction. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And he was right in picking the Senate, every Senate race and the presidential race and the electoral vote in the last couple of elections he's nailed. 
Ah, and he says he'll... So, I'm not going to tell you what he said. You'll have to go read through his stats and algorithms at 538.com. Okay. He's he's a genius. Oh, my God. I I haven't looked at his chart, and I don't know why, but he's really something. Ooh, yeah. I want to check that out. Okay, now now you've got me in suspense. Okay. Cool. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to stop this podcast right now and go check it out. No, I'll, I'll, I'll hang in there. Um, so, yeah, and also I wanted to ask you your feelings and opinion, but not opinion, your feelings and your experience on the Mars and Scorpio transit that's been eternal, it seems. Yeah, it does seem like it's been eternal. Well, you know, it's... Um there have been some interesting things that have happened, uh, you know, with with the course of Mars and Scorpio. But, you know, it's like, oh, Mars is in Scorpio. <laughs> well, what we have to remember as astrologers is that's home to Mars. Yes. That's his home. Yes. I mean, he, co- he co-rules Scorpio. That's right. And 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 so it's it's not as it's not as bad as one might think. Yes, there have been a lot of ugly things that have happened, and when you have Mars. And Scorpio instances that come up, the shadow has to surface. Mars and Scorpio said, what, you're not looking at your shadow? Hey, pal, look in the mirror. See that? That's you. That's you. And you see the stuff that just happened to you? That's a result of the intentional energy that you've been trailing in life. Yes. So every vibe that you've been putting out, man, you're collecting it. Now, this doesn't mean that you're a bad person if bad things are happening. It just means that anything subconscious, anything unconscious, anything ulterior, any tendency to bet against oneself. Yes. Uh, like, uh, you know, like shooting oneself in the foot, things like that. Mars mm. and Scorpio brings that up. Yep. And says, let's, let's burn the fires, let's purge this. Yep. And let's go forward with impeccable intent because it's the intent that counts says Mars and Scorpio. I love that. Wow. That's the best reading I've heard on Mars and Scorpio. Brilliant. Well, thank you. No, really. And it's, like, it's, right it's, like it's, used, it's like we used to talk about The Secret. Shereen yes, and I yes. were, were, were thinking about writing an antidote for people who had read The Secret. <laughs> I'll sit on your couch and the Maytag man will, you know, come and repair your washing machine and he'll be your soulmate. It's like, yeah. that shit's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you've got you've to gotta engage with life and you have, a, have to invest your soul, and you have to commit your energy, or guess what you're going to get back? Diddly squat. That's right. That's what Mars and Scorpio is saying. You want things to be different, then invest your fucking energy. Stop messing around. Yeah, and especially what you're saying about the intention that's the ulterior, like whatever's going on on the ulterior side, yeah. like that to be even more conscious of that because people are like, oh, this is what I say I want and I'm putting this energy out. But it's what you really believe on the deep subterranean level yes. that's operating. Yes, yes. And a couple of things to purge with that is, uh, and this is a combination of Eris and the one of the other new planets, Ha'umea, um, Hawaiian creativity, fertility goddess, who when she got into triangulated situations could bring out the nasty side. Mm. I'll destroy your village with lava, you piece of crap. <laughs> and, and and when she felt triangulated, that's what she did. And what is triangulation? Triangulation is the belief that there's some level of competition that's, that's, that's coming in there somehow. You know, now, um, it's, it's a little bit like, 
you know, I, I, I write screenplays, and it's an intensely competitive field, mm. and everybody's got a similar screenplay out there, and oh my God, they're all in competition. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not in competition with you at all. No other astrologer is in competition with you because you have your own vibe set based upon your chakras, and you have an auric resonance that's based upon the core motivations of your soul. Some will be attracted to that. Some will be repelled by that. It doesn't matter. Everybody's going to get their sphere of influence, so there is no competition. And that sense of competition is like, oh, that son of a bitch is closing in on my terms. And that brings (laughs) up ulterior stuff. It flags insecurity, and insecurity brings out the worst in, in the kind of deficiencies that people experience, which is a Chiron thing. You know, I'm not good enough, tall enough, cute enough, smart enough, whatever. That's Chiron. Yeah. And now we have the Jupiter-Chiron opposition that says, get over it. If you're not enough somewhere, become enough where you're not. That's right. Whatever it is that you feel deficient in, resolve it. Fix yes. it. Yes. Clear it. I love that. And build, build the skill set. You know, I was, uh, I was mentioning uh, Tony Gwynn, the baseball player, one of the best hitters in the modern baseball era, an amazing guy, just a good guy overall. But when he came up, he couldn't catch the ball and throw the ball very well. So he practiced every day a lot, and he became exceptional mm-hmm. in the things that he previously could not do. So he didn't let Kyron say, well, you're a lousy fielder. They're going to brand you with that. And everybody's going to try to hit the ball to you, so run away from it when they do. No, no. It gauged life. Fix it. Fix it. Find what it is that you feel is deficient. Fix it. And the best way to do that, by the way, is to get a good reading with a Scorpio astrologer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and That's I right. know, too. Yes. <laughs> it's true. If you want us, you want someone to get right into the nitty-gritty with you, right into the core wound. And we were actually yeah. talking. We wanted to do some work on Chiron together, and this is the way we can yes. do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's it's... I have a friend um, who's a Sagittarius with the Sun at the Galactic Center, mm. and she has like a, a woman's consciousness clash. And instead of women getting together and bitching about pay inequality and and about men and you know about kids and you know whatever, mm-hmm. they talk about they they talk about it from the Galactic Center's point of view, and that is what is the energy behind the situation? Because if we can shift the energy behind the situation, we can produce different results. Yes. Love that. So it's shifting energy. It is. Because the energy is the thing that can can really clutter it up. Yeah, and people are putting so much into trying to, uh, like now with, you know, all of the social media and Instagram and everything, I think there's this sort of um, illusion of, believing like you can control the energy or control the illusion instead of realizing like it's still going to come through. Like you can have all of your apps to, you know, Photoshop the hell out of the photos to make them seem perfect, Jupiter and Virgo. But that it's, it's the energy is still going to come through and we're not realizing like we're all communicating on that ethereal energetic plane, whether we're conscious of it or not, that's actually what's getting translated and what's right. going on. And whenever you clarify your energy and whenever you put yourself out there in the best way that you possibly can, there are trolls out there. Oh, yeah. And no matter how good it is, there's always going to be someone who, because of their unconscious and the fact that they haven't seen an astrologer in way too many years, <laughs> um, they're going to get in there and try to muck you up. Yes. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah, and and that I think the responsibility, like coming back into the shadow work or the shadow piece of it is that if we are not conscious of the energy that we're putting, it's not even just the energy we think we're putting out there, but like you were saying, the energy that's driving the intention of what we think we're putting out there. Right. Or even what we're trying to cover up. In this case, there's a lot of also like, well, what are you trying to cover up? Like what energies are you trying to cover up that are actually behind the curtain actually running the scene here that you don't want right. to know is actually what's going on? Right. That's what Mars and right. Scorpio is kind of getting into. Right. Yeah. And, and basically it's like, you know, wherever one might feel flawed. And if one flawed. feels flawed and if Mars and Scorpio has brought that out, I have an idea for you. Go to your horoscope and find every conjunction, trine, sextile, semi-sextile that you have in your chart and write down three good things about it. Mm. And then go to every difficult aspect in your chart, square, semi-square, sesquiquadrate, and opposition, and say, this is a challenge I have in my life, and this is how I will use my assets to embrace those challenges. Mm. And then your toolkit is full. Good work. So then, you know, you know what you have. The fact that you have this particular tool, that cannot be taken away. That's you. Yep. That's you. That's in the permanent tool belt. And especially, I would say, with the oppositions, right? Because we're most likely to project those onto the other person. So if you can come into ownership of, like, here's what I usually tend to own of this side of the opposition. Like, let's say you have a Taurus-Scorpio opposition in your chart, and you identify, like, for us, we identify more with the Scorpio side. How are we projecting out the planets that are on the Taurus end of it? And how are we expecting other people to live that out for us, let's say? And I, and I think that that I think that that's a hazard of the social media era. You know, you do it for me. Yeah. I am I am I am stunned at how many people I've run into in the few social media sites that I do use, which are film industry oriented, of mm-hmm. how people can't Google it themselves. It's like somebody tell me the answer to this. It's like, well, you know, do what we did. Look it up. Figure it out. You know, it's like, yep. can somebody tell yep. me how to do this? Yes, a lot of people can. <laughs> but everybody now is annoyed with you <laughs> yeah. because you projected something that you ought to be able to do for yourself. And that's not a good thats not a good application of your charts tool set. You know, use your Mercury and use your Mars together and yeah. go figure it out yourself. Yeah. And then come back with a genius insight, courtesy of Uranus, that you wouldn't have got if somebody had done it for you. That's right. Yeah, I'm so impressed. You're not on Facebook, are you? I am not. I am not on Facebook. I am not on Twitter. For a couple of film projects that we are working, I actually hired a, a young student at uh, Pratt in New York. Um, to, when we when we get ready to launch the films, uh, she's going to do all of the Twitter and Facebook on those. I'm not doing it. Uh, great. How did you manage to stay off of those? Um, I never got on. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've sort of been reluctant uh, to... So smart. You know, I remember... I was kind of a latecomer even to email. Yeah. I think I didn't get email until maybe 1995, even though it had been around for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, a website, you know, I I was a little slow doing that. And, um, you know, and and, and then it took forever to get off AOL. Oh, right, (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, actually back in the early days, I was doing some writing for an AOL-related entity. And so we had to have um, AOL accounts. Ah, uh, okay. You know, but then to, you know, get off that and go to real email, 
um, you know, an email that didn't say, hey, I'm over 50, I'm on AOL, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and to do that. So I, I did that slowly, but social media, it's a, it's a time consumer. I do LinkedIn, but I do not do LinkedIn for astrology. Yeah. Um, I use it for film-related stuff, and that's the, only, that's the only social media I do. I do a couple of things in that. But it's, it's you know, and even, even with... Uh, like if I put a post out in one of the industry things and I want to see how it's going, I, 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 you know, I sit there and go, I'm writing today and I've looked at my social media four times. That's not good. Yes. Because every time I've looked at it, it's not looking at it for 30 seconds. I've looked at it for five minutes. That turns into eight. That turns into 20. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, and it's like, and, you know, all of those things. And, yeah. and by the way, by the way, Eris likes that. She likes the Eris likes the non-conformity to the trend. Like, if you don't have Pokemon Go, you oh. probably picked up some karma points with Eris. Ah, good. Yes, I don't have that. Good. Happy to yeah, hear that. Yeah, because, you know, it's like everybody's doing it, doing it, walking into each other, you know, getting hit by cars. Oh, my God. I know. Driving into cops, you know, <laughs> I mean, the, the things that are happening with it. And it's like, the question then becomes... Here's here's an interesting dynamic with all of the social media. But look at how many people I'm connected to. No, actually, you're not connected to those people because you are not really having an energetic exchange. Right. You're having an electronic exchange, which is filtered. But can you really portray your consciousness in a way in which it's articulated clearly, or are perhaps tweets subject to misunderstanding? We certainly know email is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and all the way up to the emergence of emoticons, and that clarified everything. <laughs> oh God, right? Oh my God, that's really helped. That's really helped with communication. Yeah, I'd like to have a chart for the first emoticon for you. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, what was the first emoticon ever used? You know, I guess a smiley, probably. It probably a smiley, and it was probably done, you know, with a with a colon and a and a like right parenthesis. The little heart, yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, yeah I think that was know, the first emoticon. Somebody figured that out. Like, and somebody, you know, those probably started because somebody made a typo. Ah, yeah, probably. You know, it's like, oh, oh, hey, that looks like a, you know, whatever. Okay, well, there's a. Innovation, ingenuity. By the way, if you want to look at some innovation and ingenuity and believe your hype, look at the new planet Maki Maki. Um, because Maki Maki is a combination of a Gemini and Aries influence. It's mm. like if you put out your resume or your bio and you say, hey, look who I am, you better believe it. Otherwise, people are going to feel that it's hollow and mm. they're going to start chipping at it. Because they and, and, yeah. And people that are innovative do have a, a good, strong Maki Maki. I, I wrote in a... Hmm. recent skyscraping about this kid who had 17 at 17 strong maki maki which also has environmental concern built in hmm. figured out a way to passively get the garbage out of the oceans wow and he's got a and if you go to a couple of posts to go on, on my skyscraping um, yeah. he's in there I can't think of his name right now at 17 he figured this out he's got strong maki maki it's brilliant I it's like that. we're going to go collect the garbage in the ocean so that, you know, the ocean doesn't die. Oh, Because lovely. people are idiots when they're on cruise ships. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm going to rub my Coke can in a drink and see how long it takes to sink. Oh, God. I know. Wow, I love that. So, Maki Maki. Is maki the Maki, yeah. Mm. And uh, Maki Maki is, uh, is a force to be reckoned with. There's actually a movie called Rapa Nui. 
you're going to have to find some <laughs> obscure place to find it. Okay. But it was about the primary myth of, of Maki Maki. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Oh, it, it's uh, Kevin Costner did it in like 1994, and the movie went nowhere. Okay. But it is, it's a personification of Maki Maki. Hmm. Okay. And so if you want to learn Maki Maki, you know, it's, a, it's, about, uh, it's about the quest to appease the gods. It's like the ultimate propitiation as done on Easter Island. Mm. It's pretty severe. Okay. Wow. Um, <clears throat> and this and, is information uh, you're not going to get anywhere else, people. I'm sorry? This is definitely, you're giving us information we're not going to get anywhere else. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's we, called we the Maki Maki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's perfect. Um, and I, I wanted to also ask you um, what your, you know, since we are with this, going back to Eris, with Eris and Uranus conjunct yep. in Aries, how you're feeling about the upcoming, um, since we're in the station already, aren't we? I guess we're, we're pretty close to it. Anyway, it's Friday, the Uranus station. Uh, yeah, well, are you, feeling that? you know, it's, it's like uh, whenever, you get, whenever you get Uranus turning, you know, it's a little bit like, Let's say, for instance, that you went out and you pitched this great idea that was going to change the world, and a major corporation said, yes, we're going to work with you. Well, at the Uranus station, it's going to go on hold. It's not, they're not saying no, it's just that there are adjustments that yeah. need to be made, and there are other factors, too. And there are other factors that you do not know, so don't go be on Uranus on the bad case and get grumpy, because yeah. Uranus can be a real grump. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah. You know, in, instead of that, recognize that, okay, it's going to take a little while longer to go ahead and to make this shift. And in the meantime, is there anything that I can personally do to clarify anything for you? You know, mm-hmm. what is it that doesn't have you over the top? Like, I was watching the Democratic Convention last night, and they interviewed, on the station I was watching, they interviewed three female millennials who absolutely were Bernie supporters. And now... They won't. They won't vote for Hillary. And and it's like yep. why? Yep. And it's like yep. I can't. I can't make that shift. Yep. And so Uranus is. Well, what is it that it's going to take? You've been given the knowledge, mm-hmm. and really, it's it goes back to a Pluto thing. You know, when you're presented with the fact that life is going to change, and when Uranus is active in your chart or in the sky, there's a sense that something big this way could come. Yes. And are you willing to embrace it, and can you take that on? Because if you can't, you'll run and shirk and somehow manage to sabotage the negotiations. But if you can, if you can Pluto up and match the energy, mm-hmm. then the probability is that you'll accept the change that's coming and be able to do good things with it. So during the Uranus station, it's like go back and review everything. Is there anything missing? Is there anything that could possibly be misunderstood? Is there anything you can do more clearly? Is there anything that you can do better? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know the people in, you know, metaphysics, you know, you achieve a state of consciousness, and I've achieved that state of consciousness. Well, good for you. <laughs> as a screenwriter, as a screenwriter, it doesn't matter how brilliant you are as a writer. You have to rewrite it again and again, and it never, never ends. You're mm. never there yet. Yeah. You're never there yet. It's mm. exponential. You're going to be exponentially close to perfect, but, you know, you're still going to be 99.99. Wow. Yep. Yep. And it's still, it's like the never-ending process then. That goes it, on. Indeed. 
And Jupiter is coming up to the degrees of uh, Eris and and uh, and Uranus. Ooh, another conjunction. Yes, yes, and that's important to factor in because that's saying, okay, what in your belief system needs to shift? And oh, by the way, Jupiter hired Eris to right political wrongs. That's oh, kind of interesting. Uh-oh. Jupiter hired Eris to right political Ooh. wrongs by reversing the order of the seventh and making the sun rise in the west. Yes, it did for one day. Ooh, now that's interesting with election time. It, it is really interesting. It is really interesting. Ooh, and, and, and you know, okay. who knows? I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of an all bets are off. I mean, the stuff that's going to happen in the next little while, if you're, if you're yeah. heavily invested in outcome right now, yeah. you're going to be a little crazy by the time, you know, September ends. Oh, my God. I know, because there's so many, I feel like there's just so many variables that we can't even I mean, yeah. We can't even fathom. We can't even imagine yeah. that are going to happen. That's the right, right, including Russian hackers. Oh God! I what? Jeez! I, <laughs> I know. I mean, that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think. And and there's a um, uh, there is a, a hacker energy to Eris. Ah, um, and, and people who hack, it tends to be an Eris thing. I'm on the outside. I'm going to get in. Mm. That's one of the dynamics. And it also goes to, um, oh, I'm trying to remember how this worked exactly way back when, but um, there was, there's, there's also, um, you know, there are like uh, discordant societies. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and that's totally Erisian, and those are the kind of people that would form anonymous and, you know, things of that nature. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, well, she's definitely in the spotlight now. There's no question. As she should be. Yep. Yep. I know she's a cousin you don't want to invite to the wedding, but you probably ought to send her an invite anyway. She'll bring some interesting friends with her. Well, she's coming anyway. That's the whole thing. Yeah, well, that's true. She is. And it's better to be, you know, um, uh, gracious when she arrives. Yes. (laughs) Yes. As we can see, right? Yes. Wow. And yes, indeed. Yeah. And anything else that, you know, is standing out to you right now that you wanted to... Well, you know, Saturn is getting ready to go over the Great Attractor, which is at 14 degrees of Sagittarius. That's right. And the Great Attractor, as as we see it, it's this massive thing that's steering up to everything, up to Shapley 8, the two Scorpio point. But the Great Attractor, from what we can determine, emanates in every known frequency. There is the presence of all known frequencies. There is the elimination of none. It is all-inclusive. And so anyone with Saturn to the great attractor who is not diversity-oriented, that's not going to work out well. Mm -hmm. And in terms of if an individual is approaching things in life and they say, well, I want to work with everybody except these guys, there needs to be the willingness to include those guys until you determine clearly they need to be considered before you can say, no, they're not part of it. The other thing about the great attractor is it bends light so significantly that you can see behind it. So there's a transparency element that goes with the great attractor, too. It's mm-hmm. like um, there's, there's nothing up my sleeve, nothing behind my back. That's an energy that goes with it. And oh, by the way, yeah. if you are connected to 14 degrees of Sagittarius, people expect you to know things. Oh, yeah. Don't be surprised. Step up and know what you know. 
Amazing. Okay. Yeah. When is that? When is it getting to fourteen? Ah, uh, let me just pull out the trusty ephemeris here. It's actually easier than doing it on the computer. If yeah. You can believe. Yep. Millennials are going. What's wrong with him? <laughs> uh, it's going to be right at the beginning of November. November. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And it'll get there. Actually, it'll it'll be there. Oh, I know. I just wrote about this. It's going to be there on the thirtieth of October exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And it will be there with um, with Venus too. Venus and Saturn will be conjunct on the um, on the on the Great Attractor at the end of October. So I would say, and that's right after Hillary's birthday. Ooh, yeah. So I would say, with Venus and Saturn um, being to the Great Attractor, um, look for women to be the shifters of consciousness. Now, I don't just mean Hillary. Yeah. But I mean. Women in general that right. can that can get out there and shift consciousness in any regard. You never know what woman is going to say something profound. Yeah. That, that that really that really stops the bullshit. I love that, and then we'll have Jupiter and Libra, Venus ruled also. So. Yes. So Indeed. Nice. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> and and one final thing about yeah. the transits coming up yeah. in September. Jupiter is going to go over the supergalactic center, which is a soulmate energy. Mm. But the soulmate energy is mate with your soul. Make sure that your ego is aligned with your consciousness and be in a state of total self-acceptance as total self. Okay, I am what I am, and I'm good with that. Yeah. It's like work to get to that point. And it's hard with Jupiter going through Virgo be before because, you know, flaws are easier to find. Yes. But that's okay. Get there and do some sort of visualization where you actually embrace yourself and bring yourself home. Collect all of your parts. I love and that. And bring them back home. Very shamanistic. And, and, and that will be one of the best things that any individual could do in the middle of September. Ooh, I love that. That's a beautiful note to end on. Well, thank you. Yeah. And do you want to give your um, uh, address for everyone to find you? So it's philipsedgwick.com. Yep, and that's one Alan Philip. And Sedgwick is S E D G W I C K. I'll put the link on the on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. okay. And then go up to the upper left hand corner of the website where it says skyscraping and sign up for the free easing. And um, they come out roughly once a week yeah. or whatever whatever time will allow. And I usually try to write okay. some of these things that you know, everybody's going to be writing about the eclipse and everybody's yes. going to be writing about Venus Square Mars. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to write about the other stuff. That's why I so, love them so much because, yeah, it's always unexpected and it's always exactly what you need to. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's true. So, um, as always, uh, just loved every, every minute with you. Um, well, thank you. Me yeah. as well. And um, I hope we can do this again soon. Yes. We're working on things that we're going to be able to do together because Shireen and I have a have a, a, a similar tractor beam and um, and it'll be good. So we're working on it. So stay tuned. Yeah, I love it. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone. So long and thank you, Sister Scorpio. Thank you, Bro Scorpio. Scorpio Bro. I don't know. I'm trying to rhyme, but. <laughs> I like to say Scorpio. Scobro. Yes, yeah, Scobro. Yeah, Scobro. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So signing off. <laughs>